Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning. Good morning to all of you fabulous listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. Can we just say, wow? Look, I made um, um, an error last uh, broadcast in saying that I will be broadcasting two weeks from last week, but actually, you know, that was the 17th last Thursday. And um, I'm broadcasting today. So that was an error. I misspoke. I apologize for that. And so here I am. So how are you, my fabulous listeners? Are you all ready for Christmas? Look, I was just telling my engineer, the, the great Dave Olson, that I'm going to go out and uh, do a few things. You know, it's just I guess it's just my thing. And that um, where I go out and, you know, and do some things and. You know, I have do have a couple of things that I do need to um, actually uh, purchase, but it's all good. So look, after this, um, um, uh, as I said, after this broadcast, I'm going to get out and do some things. I'm so grateful that I have my two grandchildren with me. They were with me yesterday. We had some fun and, you know, I was cooking and all of that stuff that I that I like to do. But, you know, I just want to mention that. You know, although you know, I know that we're all so excited about Christmas, as this is, um, as this is, you know, uh, my favorite time of the year. But you know, this time of the year is is about celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, which I think we should never lose sight of the real meaning of Christmas, and to, and you know, celebrating it with our loved ones. And I know that mankind has incorporated buying presents and gifts and having big dinner parties, you know, for example. Um, but along with this meaningful time of the year, which in, which in my opinion is fine for, you know, buying gifts and everything, as long as you don't forget the real meaning of Christmas and to be sure to teach it to your loved ones as well. Now, I just want to say that the weather here in Arizona is beautiful. We are experiencing a high of 66 degrees today, and the humidity is is actually pretty high. It's like 97%. You know, and I think that's really good for the desert, but it's 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 also kind of different for the for the desert too. Okay. Now, how in the heck are you guys out there? Are you excited? Excited jumping up and down, you know, Santa Claus is going to be coming to town. Well, I am. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, and I, and I want you to know I'm doing just great. You know, I was, I was texting my brother earlier this morning as, uh, you know, we were texting each other and making sure that we're up and, and about and all of that. And I was telling him that I feel so happy today, that I feel loved and I feel grateful and I feel blessed and I have a strong feeling of excitement. And really great things are coming my way, not only for the upcoming year, but throughout my life. I am going to continue to allow God to guide me, to teach me, to help me uh, throughout uh, my life as I always have. But I just really have this 
this this real feeling, strong feeling of of you know something great is coming my way, which I I I'm very grateful. A lot of great things have come my way, but you know I'm just saying for this upcoming year and throughout my life, you know there's going to be some some very prosperous changes. All right, now my guest today is the great Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist, and he and I are going to talk about other things, and then. We will also talk about workplace disputes. Can mediation be a worthwhile tool for resolving them? You know, last week, guys, I talked about bullying in the schools. And now this time is going to be about bullying in the workplace. Okay. As the bullying that is taking place in the workplace has not improved either. Although there's not much talk about it, but it just has not improved either. And as the bullying, you know, they were saying that it was, the, you know, with the shooting in San Bernardino, California, recently, they said that it was some workplace dispute. Um, but um, they're also saying that, that, you know, they immediately threw it into the category of, of terrorists. And actually, I haven't heard any more um, about, you know, post what's going on with this investigation. And um, so I'm just saying that is, is you know, the workplace disputes, uh, is 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 very is very important to know how and when to jump in there and and um and uh, defuse it. Now I'm going to bring my brother on here shortly, and you know, guys, what I'm going to say. Here comes the butt. Okay, I have a uh, some shout outs first. Okay, the first one is to good old Saint Nick, who is going to be really busy tonight, guys as he's going to be delivering so many special presents to God's beautiful children. So please remember to have his traditional snack ready for him. Now, I know that every family varies, and our family is chocolate chip cookies and um, milk. I think last year we had chocolate chip cookies and chocolate milk. We wanted to give him something a little bit different. So, you know, this gives him the energy he needs to, you know, to go out and do his job. So let's be mindful of making sure we leave something out there for good old St. Nick. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Steve Harvey. You know, he hosted the Miss Universe pageant and he made an honest mistake of calling the wrong lady who actually won the, you know, the wrong lady to who won the pageant, but she really wasn't the one. Um, it was Miss Philippine who won, but he called Miss Columbia. Look, listeners, Steve showed the card on television that he read from, and that was it. He just made an honest mistake. Now, through the years of the pageantry, hosts have made mistakes along the way, guys. Now, we know that. He apologized. The, the, the host apologized about it, and he moved on. Now, let me disclose this right now. I did not see the televised event in its entirety as I as I used to look at the beauty pageants, you know, when I was coming up, like I'm, I know that a lot of you guys did. And then I got to the point where I said, yeah, well, you know, whatever. I got other things to read and look at. Now, I did see the clip of Steve calling out the wrong lady's name as the winner, and he quickly rectified his mistake. Okay. Now. I have also heard that on the wonderful social media that he is being called names. Uh, come 
on, guys. Really, I have a question for you all out there. How much social media nasty outlash did Donald Trump get when he said, and I'm paraphrasing, that after 9-11 in New Jersey, there were thousands of Muslims dancing in the street? Um, and none of that ever happened. Look, it was an honest mistake. And I heard a report that they, the powers to be, have already signed him up for next year. They said that he did a great job. And speaking of Donald Trump, they even read something that said that he thought he did a great job, like whatever that means, but I'm just saying. Okay? So now, I'm done with that. Now, my next shout-out is to the Miller-Edgerson family in Chicago. They are cousins of ours, and uh, recently, Amelia Miller, my cousin, transitioned from a massive stroke. She was a young woman, and they're saying that the causations um, have not uh, been, you know, discovered yet. They said that she this happened in her sleep. They were waking her up, and she didn't. Um, they also said that she was a very heavy smoker. And I do recall um, as we were in high school that she started smoking like a lot of, um, you know, people do right out of high school and some smoke while they're in high school. And she just continued it on you know, for like 40 years. I mean, come on. So, you know, my heart goes out to uh, their family and my prayers go out to them today. And I hope that they find, um, you know, peace, uh, particularly this time of the year. All right. Now, let's bring my brother on, the fabulous Reginald C. Campbell. All right. He is a frequent guest on my show. He is the world's best mental health therapist, and I value his opinion, and I know that you guys do too. Good day to you, brother. How are you doing? And and are you all done with your holiday shopping? Oh, I was done Sunday. I went in and knocked it out, unlike some people who will remain uh, nameless. What? Um, what? You know, wait till the last minute. <laughs> I went in, knocked it out, home run, 500-foot home run. You know, trotted around the bases, arms in the air. Yeah, you know, I'm all good. Yep, yep, yep. Whatever, whatever. Okay, now. the other thing about Santa, I love Santa, but I don't know about leaving him chocolate chip cookies. Because I'm a chocolate chip lover. Uh I don't know about sharing my chocolate chip cookies, so maybe I'll leave him, um, I don't know, some strawberry ice. Strawberry ice cream, okay, like Santa doesn't have like an appointment, you know, like, okay, I'm going to be at your house at like 11, 15 p.m. The, the, the ice cream could melt, so then what? So he just comes in, goes in the freezer, does his thing, he, he has the key. Oh, I see, you're going to leave it in, oh, you're going to leave him a note or something to go in the freezer and get it? Yeah, when he comes in, there'll be a note, you know, <laughs> sticky right there. And he just comes in and, you know, gets his ice cream. And so I bought uh-huh. water for him, too, and stuff, you know. But I will uh-huh. leave a note, Santa, look, stay off the chocolate chip cookies, bro, okay? All right, that's all I'm saying. Well, listen, listen, on our end, we're leaving him chocolate chip cookies. That's all I'm saying, all right? Because he, 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 he likes the chocolate. You know, when we go down there and look, it's, it's a barely a crumb left on the plate from the chocolate chip cookies. That's all well, I'm saying. Well, he's a chocolate chip lover like me, so I like that about uh-huh. him, you know. I, I, That's right. You 
he 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 likes his thing. You know, he's doing all this good for for people in the world. He's bringing you know presents to us. You know, to my baby. So you know, I, I like to you know I like to keep you know uh, Santa happy. Let's say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. Okay. Now, let's get right into it and talk about other things. Okay. Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Governor O'Malley were in a Democratic debate this week. And, and I thought it was great. And I know that you and I love looking at these debates as I've talked about it before. We grew up um, listening to it and analyzing it as that's something that our father did and we really were interested in it. Now, Reginald, both Hillary and Bernie, I feel, were definitely on point talking about the diminishing middle class, the lack and failure of this country's educational system, and that going to college in particular should be much more affordable and or free, like some countries are. For example, as reported on Salon.com, Germany has 900 programs in English and is eager to attract foreign students to tuition-free universities due to the country's shortage of skilled workers. Another country, Finland. Finland doesn't have tuition uh, uh, fees, but the government does warn foreigners that they have to cover living expenses. Now, imagine going to college and only worrying about room and board. You know? Now, one other country, Norway. Now, Norwegian students, including foreigners, study in this country they do not have to pay any college tuition, but just, you know, they just want to warn you about the harsh winters and high cost of living. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on this, Reginald? My thoughts are we, the world, this country, the world, we need an educated populace. We need an educated, healthy populace. Mm-hmm. And an educated person not only helps themselves, their families, the country, but the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that person could be the one who finds the cure for a cancer or all cancers or, or AIDS or things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fortunate thing of, of politicians here in, in, in America, uh, you know, Ron Paul, and I mentioned this once before, Ron Paul, when he was running for president four years ago, said that we don't need a Department of Education. And I was flabbergasted by that. I thought that was one of the most asinine things that I've heard anyone say, uh, anything mm-hmm. come out of their mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. We do need an education uh, department. And, uh, you know, the government slashes programs for education, you know, closing schools. And, it's, uh, you know, education is not a, a priority, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. for, for the government. Um, so, and, and it plays well. It plays well with, with, the, with the base, with the Republican base. It, it plays well. But people, as you're applauding all of those things, remember your kids are going to school and you're paying for that high tuition. Okay? Mm-hmm. As you're applauding them, saying let's cut this and cut that and cut education, when you're done applauding and listening to the, the, the ridiculousness, that politician's kid is going to that politician went to school him or herself and have their education. Mm-hmm. So what's good for the goose should be good for the gander and the country. So mm-hmm. my advice to people would be to, before you start applauding some of the asinine things that we're hearing now 
like mm-hmm. for you to applaud and follow some of the things that people, especially like Donald Trump, is saying some of the nasty, ugly things that he has said and continues to say. Think about that it's- because he's as he's talking about those things, he's really talking about you. When he stands on the on the on the podium and talks about, oh, I'm I went to some of the best schools and I'm just so smart and and everybody else is stupid. You exactly. Down on you. You. And so you become mm-hmm. this guy just become a caricature. Mm-hmm. And politicians, the German um, uh, 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 prime minister Andrew Merkel, um, the president of France, the British prime minister, uh, you know, have said some of the things that Donald Trump has said are absolutely, are absolutely asinine, and they are. They're and totally. They are totally ridiculous and this and this mind-boggling that anyone listens to him and uh i want to i want to comment a little bit more on on him but we got to take a break in about three minutes but listen when you were saying about uh you know the politicians how they're talking about um denouncing education making it very hard um for people to to go to school and things like this and you're absolutely correct you know they went and they got their education and their children are are, are getting edu- you know education, but but that's also along the same vein on the health care. All right, I know we're not talking about health care, but I just want to mention very briefly, they're they're consistently fighting um, President Obama and calling it Obamacare. They thought they were saying something nasty to him, and he says, "Okay, yeah, I like that Obamacare. Get it, Obamacare." So, but as all of them are talking, brother. And I, and listeners, do you guys understand that our tax money is paying for them to have illustrious health care? <laughs> do you guys realize that? Now, why are they talking, as we used to say, all of this smack, brother? And, but they got all of the, they got the best health care going. They can go to any doctor. They get cancer, you know, and then, oh, wow, the next thing you know, two months later, oh, I don't have cancer. Yes, because you had the best, you were able to get the best, best treatment. But somebody else would have to, you know, start off maybe, unfortunately, going to an emergency room or something. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Uh, they don't have, they don't have that connection that they got. And I just think it's so demonic that individuals right. will have all of this for themselves, but yet they don't want you to have anything. I mean, that, that isn't love. So what is it then? Okay. It, now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And, and, and people mm-hmm. remember that our taxpayers' money and their salary. When they're saying, and this whole thing about, oh, government is horrible. Government is, is, is you know, government screws up everything. No, it doesn't. It's the people that you elect who decide to get in and do things for themselves that, that, things up, that mess things up, that become, uh, you know, a, a lifetime career for them. They're sitting in there 20, 30, 40 years. years government exactly. isn't bad. Government is fantastic. It's the people it, that it's sit the, there that's supposed to be representing you who go in and start to represent themselves and grease their palms and everything is okay. But don't let you do it. No. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. 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 And all of that. But should you have it? No. It's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. 
and it's a and it's a darn right shame that uh, you know some of these politicians behave in in this matter. In the matter and, that and I'll say do. again, government government is good. You know, the Republicans have have made a, a, a good thing about people thinking that government is bad and all of that. But government is good. What would we be without it? What would exactly. We be without it? It'd be pure anarchy. So it's the people is, that we select that, that we sit exactly. in that chair. Yeah. That's yeah, I don't. Itself. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, when we come back, I, I, I have something I want to talk hey, about: man, Black Lives Matter. So I stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Get up, stretch, and come back with me. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for stretching and coming back with me. Um, this is Teresa E. Keeves with my guest, the wonderful mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And before you left, we were talking about the politicians and that uh, government is a wonderful thing. Um, the problem is, is that people that are elected into government and uh, that they forget um, all about their constituents and, and think about themselves. Now, I have something that I want to talk to you guys about Black Lives Matter. Now, ABC News is reporting uh, that Black Lives Matter, and, um, well, as I was, let me say this, as I was recently looking at one of the interviews with a number of people um, in the audience, Reginald, I, you know, it was mixed. It was a mixed crowd. And, um there was a woman of color. She brought up something that isn't said often or hardly at all. When a white policeman fatally shoots a person of color, there is total outrage about it. And in my opinion, uh, Reginald and listeners, it should be. As we know that policemen, let's acknowledge this, have a hard job, and sometimes their deciphering techniques are not on point as they should be. And in some cases, they intentionally do harm to people of color. And there's been many discussions about that. However, what I liked that this woman said was the outrage should be demonstrated when people of color shoot each other. That it should be the same amount. You understand what I'm saying, brother? It should be the same amount of pouring out in the street, disgust. We're not going to have this. Stop doing this when people are killing one another. What do you think about what I just said? You know, police officers have a difficult job. You know, that that job I would not want to do, I could not do. They have a difficult job, and I, and, and I commend all of the police officers out there who are, who are doing, uh, you know, a job to keep us safe. Uh, unfortunately, are there... Some bad cops out there, sure they are. Uh, are. Unfortunately, are there some bad therapists out there? Yeah, I've, I've run into a few. <laughs> you know, are there some bad nurses and, out there? You know that. that and, nurse, and and you know, and and so, and and let me chime in. Are there some bad mediators out there? Yes, they are, and I run into them a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, and, so and, you know, so we can't throw the baby out with with the bath with water. the bath water. That's right. You, you know, so so the. So the police officers who are, and, 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 it, and it puts a bad rap on the police officers 
who are out there doing a good job, who who yes. put in his or her life on the line out there every day. Every day. Every day. And, you know, every so, day. so it's that one bad apple uh, can spoil the whole tree. You know, one bad apple in the bushel can, you know, ruin everything else. So, um, so when we have police officers who aren't doing what they're supposed to do, yeah, they, they, they should be, you know, we, the, the, uh, the people should know, you know, the society should mm-hmm. know, and, and they should be, and they should be reprimanded. Yes. So, uh, you know, that, 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 I guess that's the best I can say about that, because, you know, black lives matter, all lives matter, Latino lives matter, Muslim lives matter, Asia lives matter, you know, and I think that's how God would want it. That's how God would want us to be to, to respect all lives. Sometimes mm-hmm. do we need to put an emphasis on black lives? Sometimes do we need to put an organization, a feminist organization, needs to put emphasis on women, things that are happening there. Sometimes should an org- a Muslim organization have to make uh, you know, organizations to to bring out issues. Yes, we should. Yes, we mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we should. And and we need to do that. So in the whole pie, all lives matter. But sometimes we have to cut that pie into certain ethnic or feminine groups to bring attention to what's happening. To to certain things that are that's happening among that that populace. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree because, you know, I, I, I just want to say that I, I feel that, you know, the, uh, Black Lives Matter organization movement, whatever, I know that is very important. I'm not denouncing that. And I, and that there are things and issues that go on within, um, you know, the black race that need to be addressed, that needs to be corrected and, and all of this. However, I just want to piggyback on what you said. Unification is my thing. I don't, I don't believe in borders because I know God didn't make borders. Man made borders, you know, or you can't come over here. You can't come over there. You can't do this. You can't do that. Why not? Why not? You know, and that all lives do matter and people don't understand. We are a collective coming from one source. Now, when something happens to one of us, that it happens to all of us. It's going to affect us on some kind of level. So when when this uh, woman, my point was, you know, about this piece that I applaud her for saying that because I don't hear it at all or if or often, you know, this always one this 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 focus. And I think that when something happens that people need to put up, you know, pour out in the street, everybody and denounce it, you know. So. All right. So. Yeah, so there you go, you know. So, but anyway, um, now you know I want to talk about some other things, guys. Okay. Now, Reginald, you and I have talked about this before, and this is the wonderful self-driving cars. Okay. Now, uh-huh. ABC News. Already, I, I think some people say we already have those. You know. Yeah. Because listen. Most people yeah. out there texting, and, and when I was in Chicago uh, a couple of years ago, I saw a guy reading the newspaper on the expressway, you know, the rush hour. So I, I think some people think we already have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called self-driving, 
but you, you know what I mean? I, I, I hear what you're getting at. You get people that's texting, like, you know, when I was on the highway the other day, it was this woman and she was texting with the phone on her steering wheel. And she was going, she was going a good 70 miles an hour. Of course, you know, I totally got out of her way. As a matter of fact, I got off of the highway at the, at the next exit, which I typically do get off at this point anyway, because I about had it with people doing crazy things like that, texting, reading papers as they're driving on the highway is, is an, and or reaching down to get something on the floor. That gets me too. I'm like, come on. But anyway, ABC News reports, Reginald, that Google is in talks with Ford for self-driving cars. Now, they're talking about they're supposed to be having, um, uh, I guess they're going to come out with, with, with their finalization of their talks they're having this month and next month. Now, as I said, you and I have discussed this topic earlier this year, and I'm just going to be straight out and tell you that I'm not for self-driving cars for many reasons. For one, a computer will never, ever be able to outperform human beings in their thinking, okay? I, I just think also that it's not a good idea. And another reason, Reginald, and my listeners out there, is that to me it makes human beings more irresponsible for their lives and other people. And then let's talk about the laws that will have to be rewritten and and or written uh, regarding this new concept of the self-driving car. Now, as much as I love technology and as I have a master's in it, but I am not for this idea. And I don't think a self-driving car is a very valuable tool for human beings, especially right now, Reginald. There are so many other things that we need to fix, conquer, get over, you know, and and. I, I just think I just don't think that it's it's a valuable tool for the human race. What do you think? Uh, you know, I so agree with you on that. I mean, it's 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 just going to make people lazier. <laughs> so yeah, I should just get in and you know, oh, okay, the car can do it. Yeah, just get in, start you the know. car, and you just go right. Just go no. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're you're supposed to be in control of that vehicle when you're behind the wheel. Uh, you know, a car, a vehicle is a is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful invention, but yes. boy, it can be in the hands of the wrong person. It can be a really deadly piece of iron. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we need to we need to keep that in in mind. And, and as you were saying about technology, yeah, technology is great, but, uh, you know, you know more about this than I do because, you know, when it comes to computers and stuff, I can turn it on. That's about it. Uh, but the computer can only do what that human being programs it to do. So, you know, the computer to do A, B, C, and D, you know, it's like some 1950s um, of, of computer movie or or robot, where the robot kind of goes off and does its own thing in spite of, of the inventor. No, the human being invented the computer and it programs it to do what it does. Not like yeah. That. Yeah, I mean, you know, how is, okay, let's say that you're driving. Here's a scenario, guys. You're driving on the highway, okay, and you see three or four car, car lengths in front of you 
the potential of something really going awry. Uh, how's the car going to know that? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 I just feel that, <clears throat> excuse me. I just feel that we as human beings, we haven't even learned how to get along. We haven't even learned what our purpose is here on earth. You know, there's just so many things that we need to be um, um, doing, you know, dealing with, you know, like we were just talking about the educational system, uh, Reginald, uh, the lack thereof and the failure uh, of the educational system. And, um, you know, they, they keep denouncing education, but they keep introducing these these products that they deem fabulous. But if you don't have an educated populace, you're not going to have a populace that is thriving to work. So how and who's going to be buying these things that you're constantly introducing? That's the other question I got. Absolutely. And, and didn't some person who had an education maybe invent that product? Hello? Had they not had an education, they maybe not would have invented that product. Now we know there are you know some people who don't go to college who are just blessed just gifted and blessed. God gave them certain gifts, you know, where they can invent and do certain things. Um, yes. Um, but let's, let's face it, um, those, those people are far and few, and few between, and without that education, that person probably wouldn't have been able to learn about technology and things in order to make that invention. So, I mean, you know, aren't you going to, yeah, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but aren't you going to need people who's going to be able to have the, uh, the, the wherewithal to deal with AI, uh, also known as artificial intelligence, because this is what the basis of this on is, is, and hence the word artificial intelligence, ladies and gentlemen, okay? So, you know, you're going to need people to repair these things because nothing lasts forever but God's love. And so who's going to be repairing these things if you are not allowing people to go to school to learn how you know, to get a degree or anything in artificial intelligence or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I'm just going to say it, it's the stupidest concept. You know, it's just, it's just stupid, but okay. I'm, I, yeah. I guess I'm done. I, yeah, I guess I'm done with that one. Okay. Now, I feel that that's a good segue into the next thing that I want to talk about, brother. And speaking of valuable tools, I think a very valuable tool having is having an in-house professional mediator in organizations who will be available at your fingertips is a valuable tool. Okay. Now, as I said last week, I talked about, um, the need of setting up, uh, peer mediations in grammar schools, uh, some high schools have them not in, not nearly enough but some high schools have them and um i recently found out original uh, that intel which is one of the companies that i that i just love intel has a great mediation program built in to their corporation which will which you know definitely lets me know why the corporation is so great and and that they're able to go on and and um, do things or whatever because they have a mediator there on 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 site all the time. Um, once uh, they get uh, a, a manager or supervisor, 
or one of the employees maybe go can go there and say, listen, there's here's this potential thing um, that that that's coming up. And um, and, um, you know, I need to talk to a You know, I need to talk to a mediator. Now, when I come back, I have a an article that I would like to discuss with uh, you, Reginald and, and my listeners. And it's called Office Space Conflict Resolution for Cowards. OK, now I, I think I thought that was very interesting. It was an article that was published on Business Weekly and um, it's a recent article, December 15, 2015. OK, so get up and stretch and um, come back with me so that we could talk about what is this office, this conflict resolution for cowards. Let's find out what that's all about. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning with me and my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, mental health therapist, the most great health therapist in the world. Before we went on break, guys, I was talking about a Business Weekly article that was published on December 15th, 2015, and the title of it is Office Space, Conflict Resolution for Cowards. Now, it states in part the following. How much time do you spend intervening with your employee disputes for all of you managers and supervisors and and other people who are uh, purveyors of individuals who, who have to make sure that Things run smoothly in your organization. Now, it says, according to one survey, managers spend on average, Reginald, 18% of their time or let's say about a full day every week intervening in employee disputes. That's a lot of time. Another study revealed that 65% of performance issues result from strained relationships between employees and it says, yet how many managers receive any training in conflict resolution? Now, it says a brewing, a brewing conflict can turn the most confident manager into a sweating, shaking coward. They said that this is not surprising since most of us are, let's, let's face it, conflict avoiders. How much truth do you think that is to that, Reginald? You know, I think there's a lot of truth because I, I, I can just think of some supervisors that I've had in the past in my career who uh, did not know who or how to resolve And things are going to happen in, in the workplace, disagreements, should I say. Okay, I think Reginald is going through an area there that is not um um is, is giving him some interference. So I'm just going to talk so that uh when he, he gets a, a a strong enough signal. The article also says, guys, that of course conflicts are inevitable, most of which are the result of miscommunication, personality clashes, and authority issues. Okay, are you back, Reginald? I don't think so. Employees with differing goals and perceptions can become territorial and develop personal vendettas, 
which ultimately can cause valued employees to disengage from their jobs or leave them permanently. Now, now I have, I have talked about this, uh, before, um, about how much talent exits out of organizations because of the, the, the dispute factor, you know, um, employees get into disputes and, um, a lot of times the managers have a blind eye. Um, maybe they don't know how to handle the dispute. Maybe they don't want to get into disputes. Maybe they don't like the person anyway, or maybe they like the person. They just don't have the wherewithal, um, in, from my point of view, in order to handle a dispute conflict disagreement that should potentially arise within the employees that they are overseeing for their organization. The article also goes on to say, and it's not just the people involved in the conflict who are affected. A tense office vibes creates added stress for everyone because it does. Um, having been in the corporate world for a number of years prior to going on into this next leg of my life, I can definitely attest to how many conflicts went on in the course of a day. Um, that I needed to resolve. And unfortunately, a lot of the conflicts got to the point where sometimes the organization that I was working for had to let either one of the employees go or both of the employees go. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that we have Reginald back yet. So we're going to, con- I'm going to continue to, um, I'm going to continue to discuss the topic. Now, my thing is that in order to handle the situation um, that I'm that I'm talking about, I I think I think that it would be um, I think that it would be feasible for employees to have a professional mediator. They could be non attorney they don't have to be attorney they could be non-attorney mediator on the job ready and 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 willing and able to deal with any situation that comes about you know i think that this is a good idea reginald can you hear me now yes i'm uh, the signal seems to be a little better now normally if when i'm in this area there's no um incidents with with the signals but if kind of cloudy and everything here so that may have something yeah to oh absolutely yeah. i mean you know it as i said it it is you know it is um um internet and you know wi-fi and all of that and and a lot of those things do happen particularly you know with the inclement weather throughout um the country if another part of the country is having inclement weather it very well can affect the part of the country that is not having inclement weather because simply because all of the towers and all the other technological aspects of making all this happen um, is very dependent upon each other. Okay. But anyway, brother, I was talking about um, the importance of having a um, professional mediator on site to disfuse conflicts, disagreements among their employees. Um, I don't know if you heard me, but I'll repeat it that, there's a lot of great talent that leave organizations um, and go to another organization and or start their own um, organization and actually can be a, a, a competitor against them. 
um, because of how um, the, you know, negative situations were handled. And the article I just read that said that, um, um, you know, that a tense office vibe creates stress for everyone. You know what I'm saying? I think he still got got a weak signal. But anyway, um, I do know that I do know people um, when I was employed uh, for varying organizations that and they, they came to and talked with me and said that they were leaving because of the, you know, the, the negativity there. It didn't have anything to do um, with their job. They liked their job. Um but they just were not able to handle all of the stress and everything else that, you know, happened, um, you know, when you do have um, situations with employees um, who are bullying um, each other. And my my whole thing about this, um, Rachel, when you come back on, just let me know. Um, my my other thing about this is that if this if if bullying um, you know, is, is taught at schools and, um, and at home when children are young, um, then I think that this will be a huge curtailment by the time these people get to be adults and they have to work into the, go into the work field, then they don't bring all of that negativity with them, you know? And, um, it is, it's, it's unfortunate that you have adults who are still, using, you know, childlike um, actions um, to get what they want or whatever, because that's what a bully basically wants something that the other person have, you know. Are you back? Okay, I'm, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, okay, I can hear you now. But what do you think about what I've said so far? Were you able to hear what I said? Uh, yeah, I can. I, I was able to hear bits and pieces. I, I think Having a mediator is important because you know we're going to have those disagreements and with with people in organizations, and mm-hmm. I think it's important that companies get on it right away. And and mm-hmm. I also think that there there should be uh, trainings for supervisors and employees to be respectful towards each other. Um, mm-hmm. Of and, and as far as bullying in in the workplace, uh, supervisors and things like that. And in my career, I've I've seen that uh, where you get a supervisor um, and he or she uh, completely turn into a, a dictator. Um, so you know, so now they're the bully. They're the bully. Uh, they're being they're bullying the people who are who are under them. So it's it's. Mm-hmm. It causes for training, uh, cultural sensitivity training, uh, mm-hmm. things like that as, as well. In, in organizations, um, people should be respectful of others' uh, religious beliefs so that everybody is not going to believe the same thing as you, and, and that's okay. Um, yeah. I was at, the, um, at uh, the place yesterday. I had a nail in my tire, as I was telling you, so... So I went to um, discount tire to have them look at the tire and things like that. And I asked the young man who was looking at my tire, I said, hey, have you completed all of your Christmas shopping yet? And he says, well, I'm a, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And, and, and I had to say to myself, okay, see, everybody does not think the 
same way as you. Everybody mm-hmm. does not believe the same way as you, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly. Okay. And you still wish them the best, you know, although they're, you know, that's their belief that they don't believe in, in, uh, you know, because the Muslims don't, you know, don't, they don't celebrate and things like that. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that they're, um, you know, um, a nasty people or something's wrong with them or what's wrong with them or I, you know, I need to see what I can do to, to change them. That's their belief. You know, the thing right. is, is that, being a loving and kind steward of God is what matters to me. And being a loving and kind steward of yourself also matters to me. And being a loving and kind steward of other people matters to me. That's what matters. That's what really right. matters. You know, it doesn't matter all of this. Well, what, what religion are you? What this and what that, you know, um, uh, you know, on that same vein, uh, 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 it was a conversation last week in the beauty salon. And this guy says, uh, so what religion are you? And I told him I'm of no religion. I am of faith. Mm-hmm. And he and he, you know, and I, I took my finger and I wiggled it up and down. I says, my faith is in what can ever makes me do that. That's what my faith mm-hmm. is. I know that there's something that's bigger than I am out there. OK, so. <laughs> You know, but I think that I think that, you know, because I do hear a lot of cases um, at the attorney general office and a lot of these cases more recently are about people not um, um, giving respect to other people in with their religion or, you know, look at how they talk or they're different or whatever. No one is going to be the same. You are not going to find anyone on this planet that has the same um uh, fingerprints is you, and here's a flash for you, all of you who don't know. You don't even have the same fingerprints as your parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, you know. So you know, you it's not it's 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 nothing wrong with it's nothing wrong with um you know this is what you want this is what you want to do and everything. You know, God love you. You know, you're you're a great person, and 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 I'm and I'm happy about that. You were you were going to say something, brother? Yeah, and isn't it wonderful that you can learn different things from from different people? Isn't it wonderful that, that yes. God, there's difference where for now you can learn the culture of of another people. You can learn their food. You can learn how they celebrate certain things or birthdays. You can learn how how they live and. And, and it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful education, and, and it enlightens me what I can learn, and I learn about other cultures and how other people do. And mm-hmm. it's just wonderful as you see that God sprinkled all of this wonderful across his earth. Mm-hmm. They think different, everyone, for us to learn. And the main thing is we're all people. We all believe the same. We all basically want the same thing is peace and happiness and, and love for each other and, and, and family. So, uh, you know, that's, that's in my opinion, that's, that's the bottom line. And, and I just love and see about different cultures, you know? Yeah. Great. And, 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 and I'll even go as far as saying, learn to speak another language, you know, don't, don't just speak, you know, one language, yeah. learn to speak sure. other language, but, but back to, but back to the organizations and their, and their conflict, um, what, what is still going on with organizations is that you have people 
who uh, they you know they they'll be in a meeting and they'll they'll interject an idea and let's just say there's a meeting of six people and you're one of the six and so then the other four people they interject their they interject their idea or ideas and which is nothing wrong with that i think that's fabulous but what but what but the downfall is when one person interjects their idea and they want their idea to be wholly owned you know what I'm saying? That this is sure. this is the idea that I you know uh, interjected. This is my idea, and I and I say that we go with this idea. Period. See, that's where sure. a lot you know, and this is where human beings learn need to learn more. They need to need they need to learn more to listen and to be open to other ideas. You know, within the corporate uh you know arena. And to say, okay, that, that's, that's good. You know, okay, well, how about this? How about if I come in at 730 and then you come in at 745 and then we'll still get what we need to have done, um, um, you know, uh, by, by eight o'clock, you know? Uh, right. so yeah. So anyway, guess what, brother? Guess what I'm going to say? I know. Uh, okay. Guess what I'm going to say. Okay. (laughs) I am going to say that we are definitely running out of time. And I want to say that this is my last broadcast on TalkZone.com for 2015. I will be back in 2016. And I want to say thank you so much, Reginald, for for always being so um, open and, and ready. Great conversationalist, always um uh wanting to come on uh my show i think all of my guests that i had on this year made great conversations i wish all of you out there a very merry christmas and a very safe and prosperous new year and i will be talking to you in january 2016 make it a great one this is teresa e keys take care mm-hmm.